there. <clears throat> I'll just, uh, I'll, uh, some of you weren't here this morning, I'll just run over uh, the um, announcements uh, quickly from this morning. <clears throat> Have a card here, a card here from Jim and Ruth Busby. Um, want to thank our Northside family for all the many text cards and phone calls following Ruth's surgery. Special thank you to those families who provided food, a goodie basket, and those who provided transportation to doctor's appointments. We so appreciate our family at Northside loving Christ, uh, uh, Jim and Ruth Busby. Um, also, there's a request here uh, from Vicki folks. Please put my brother Larry Knox on the prayer list. He'll be having second open heart surgery <clears throat> on January 2nd. And um, I won't uh, reread this, this whole thing from Mac, but uh, Dreda was in the uh, hospital uh, yesterday and um, received several uh, shots and, and pills and everything else for uh, pain that she was having in her neck. Uh, spent a good part of the day in the emergency room, and they uh, finally gave her some... Uh, pain medicine and uh, sent her home, but she is still having that pain and there's a, still has swelling in her neck. Any, any changes to that? Okay, so uh, let's keep uh, these uh, brothers and sisters in Christ in our prayer. Are there any... Oops. Are there any other uh, announcements, updates? Okay, being done, uh, before we have our first song, let's go to the Father in prayer. Father, we, we are so grateful to be able to be here tonight to continue on this Sunday to worship you, to praise you, and to learn more about you. Father, we look forward to the joy we'll feel as we sing and the joy we'll feel as we learn more about you and the joy we'll feel as we know we can walk out these doors and take all we learn and all we feel out to those who need to hear from you. Father, we pray for those who aren't here tonight. We pray for those listed in our bulletin and those I just mentioned. Father, we pray that you'll touch them, heal them, comfort them as needed. And Father, as Christians, we know that ultimately your will will be done. We thank you, Father, for your son, for his blood, and for his suffering, that we will have eternal hope and eternal life. Father, we pray you'll watch over this congregation as we go through this service. We pray that you continue to guide us, protect us, and forgive us all of our sins. And we pray these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Our first song this evening, if you'd like to follow along in the songbook, come from uh, number 580. This is my Father's world, number 580. <clears throat> this is my Father's world. And to my listening ears, all nature sings and round me rings the music of the spheres. This is my father's world. I rest me. and trees of skies and seas his hand the wonders wrought this is my father's world 
carols raise the morning light the lily white declare their maker's praise this is my father's world he shines in all that's fair in the rustling grass i hear him pass he speaks to me everywhere this is my father's world oh let me ne'er forget that though the wrong seems all so strong god is a satisfied and earth and heaven be one number 516 the great physician the great physician 516 sing all three verses the great physician now is near the sympathizing jesus he speaks a drooping heart to cheer. Oh, hear the voice of Jesus. Sweetest note in seraph song, sweetest name on mortal tongue, sweetest carol ever sung, Jesus, blessed Jesus. Oh, oh. The dying lamb, I now believe in Jesus. I love the blessed Savior's name. I love the name of Jesus. Sweetest note in Sarah's song, sweetest name on mortal tongue. Sweetest carol ever sung, Jesus, blessed Jesus. His name dispels my guilt and fear, no other name but Jesus. Oh, how my soul delights to hear the charming name of Jesus. Sweetest note in seraph song, sweetest name on mortal tongue, sweetest carol ever sung, Jesus, blessed Jesus. And when to that bright world above we rise to see our Jesus, We'll sing around the throne of love, his name, the name of Jesus. Sweetest note in seraph song, 
Sweetest name on mortal tongue, sweetest carol ever sung, Jesus, blessed Jesus. And if you were following along in the book, you were just as surprised as I was. Still learning new things. <laughs> the, uh, the monitors or the computer and, and the book don't exactly line up there, but... Uh, all the verses got in just in a different way. <laughs> oh, uh, Speaking of the book, if you're uh, following along, 718 will be our invitation song this evening. 718, who at the door is standing. And then before our lesson this evening, we'll sing the Glory Land Way, number 514. 514, the Glory Land Way. And after we sing this, turn it over to Larry. I... <laughs> I had to laugh on Wednesdays, those of you who don't know. I'm at McRae most of the time, and the one teaching class there, a couple of weeks ago, I called him three different names before I ever got the right one out. So. <laughs> but Larry will be delivering our lesson this evening, so looking forward to that. 514, the Glory Land Way. We'll sing all three verses. <clears throat> I'm in the way, the bright and shining way. I'm in the glory land way. Telling the world that Jesus saves today. Yes, I'm in the glory land way. I'm in the glory land way. I'm in the glory land way. Heaven is nearer and the way groweth clearer for I'm in the glory land way. List to the call, the gospel call today. Get in the glory land way. Wanders come home, oh, hasten to obey. For I'm in the glory land way. I'm in in his love I'm in the glory land way soon I shall see him with that home above oh I'm in the glory land way I'm in the glory land way I'm in the glory land way see everyone out this evening. 
Prayer is such an important part of the Christian life. Without it, we don't have any way of talking to God. We have to have prayer to let him know what we're thinking. Of course, he knows, but he wants us to voice those things. But what are we to pray for? Matthew 6.10, we are to pray that God's will be done. Matthew 6.11 says that we are to pray for our daily needs. And Matthew 26.41 tells us to watch and pray lest we enter into temptation. Acts 8.22 says to pray for forgiveness of sin. And Philippians 4.6 says to pray for everything. These are the things that we most commonly think of when we pray. Tonight we'll be looking at Colossians chapter 1, if you'd like to turn there in your Bible. We'll be dealing with the first part of this chapter, but most of the lesson will come out of verse 11. Paul, in verses 3 through 12, is encouraging the Christians in Colossae and commending them in the good work that they're doing. Verse 3 says, And we give thanks to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for the saints. Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of truth of the gospel which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. Paul said that he was praying always for them, for them in faith in Christ and the love that they had for the saints. The faith that the Colossians had was a faith that was in the nature and work of Jesus Christ. The love for the saints came from the faith and proves the genuineness of their faith. This prayer that Paul prayed for Colossian Christians should be a model prayer for each of us. Paul is praying that the believers here would grow into Christian maturity so that they might walk before God, pleasing Him, and produce good works. As we look at verses 9-11, through 11, we see some things that Paul is praying for. Verse 9 says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with knowledge of His will in wisdom, and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy. In these verses, Paul mentions some things that Christians should pray about. We are to not to cease to pray for each other. He 
You also see that in 1 Timothy 2.1, where it says, Supplication, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. We also see that uh, we're to pray for knowledge of his will. That we also pray for wisdom. We also see that in Ephesians 1.17. We're to pray that we have understanding. 1 Corinthians 14.15. We're to walk worthy of the Lord. 2 Thessalonians 1.11. We're to pray that we fully please him. In 2 Corinthians 13.7. Pray that we be fruitful in every good work, Luke 10, 2. And increase in knowledge of God, Philippians 1, 9. These are just some supporting verses that go along with these verses that we just read from Colossians. In verse 11, Paul mentions five things that Christians should pray about. And that's what we'll look at tonight. To be strengthened. That God's might and power be provided to them to pray for patience and long-suffering and to pray for joy. The things that Paul prayed for here are things that every Christian should pray for. While there are many lessons and sermons that we could get from these verses, 9 through 11, as I said, we'll be discussing these in verse 11. The first thing that we see in Colossians 1.11, teaches Christians are to pray that we will be strengthened with all might. You know, the greatest problem in life is not knowing what to do. But the problem is to be strong enough in our desire and determination to do the things that we know that we should do. James 4.17 says, To him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. God not only tells Christians in the New Testament what his will is, but God also strengthens faithful Christians to be able to do what he wants them to do. Ephesians 3.20 is now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. This teaches that God is able to do all things and to help Christians do more than they are able to ask or even think about. Neither God's love or power is limited to the human imagination. We cannot even begin to imagine the power of God. From Colossians 1.11 and Ephesians 3.20, Paul teaches Christians that they should pray for God's strength and might and that we can expect our prayers and even more than what we ask or think to be done for us. In Ephesians 3.16, it says that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Paul's teaching that if we don't accomplish what God wants us to accomplish, it's not going to be God's fault. It's going to be our fault. He has given us all that we need. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
God's strength and might are always greater than the things of this world. The second thing that we see in Colossians 1.11 teaches Christians that they should pray that God's strength and might should be provided for them according to God's glorious might. Believers are given power according to God's strength. Paul wants to see this power of God in the Christians at Colossae. In Ephesians 1, 19 through 20, it says, And what is exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Paul prayed this similar prayer for the Christians in Ephesus. God wants Christians to know that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is available for them, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. The resurrection is the act above all others and and beyond all others that shows the unlimited power and ability of God to do all that he has promised to do for his children. Without the resurrection of Christ, the Christian gospel is nothing. Back in Ephesians 1.18, it says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. This says that you may know, that you may understand this hope. We can know and we can understand through the word of God what his plan is and what our hope is. Acts 26, 18 says to open the eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. The thought here is that you can clearly see this hope and inheritance that Christ, that the Christians have. The first part of verse 19 in Ephesians, and and what is exceedingly greatness of his power toward us who believe. We have that power. The word power here in the Greek is our English word for dynamite. Paul refers to what the spiritual dynamite from God actually is for Christians. Christians know that this power is made available for them so that they can accomplish things for God according to the working of his mighty power. God is all-powerful. It is a working power. And it can work in our lives. Looking back in Colossians 1.11, the words glorious power mean basically the same as mighty power and the exceeding greatness of his power. Think about the creation. Whenever we think of God's power, think of the things that he has created. And God just spoke that into existence. What power that is. How about the healing power of Jesus and Jesus spoke that and it happened or how about the resurrection 
and what that means to us. Christians should pray that they keep fresh in their minds that just as God's power raised Christ from the dead, that power is available to Christians as they strive to bear fruit in every good work. He will provide the power that we need to do his will. Christians will be victorious if they will keep faithful to God's word and appeal to God in prayer. The third thing that we see in Colossians 1.11 teaches Christians to pray for patience as a fruit from their faithfulness and prayer. Patience means steadfast endurance where the Christian is able to continue doing what is right regardless of the hardships and trials. The Greek word for the English word patience does not refer to just bowing one's head down and enduring the difficulties and hard times of life. This kind of patience continues onward as if you were running a race and the patience of receiving that reward once that race is run. This kind of patience means not only the ability to bear things, but the ability to, in bearing them, to turn them into glory. It's a conquering patience. This kind of patience is the ability to deal with anything that life can throw toward us. James 5, 10 through 11 says, My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of patience of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. James teaches that the New Testament Christians look back at the patience of the Old Testament prophets and also the patience of Job as they dealt with their sufferings and struggles and discouragements and yet they carried on. They struggled on towards success and to victory. When things seem to be unbearable for Christians, we need to pray for patience from God to help them to demonstrate the kind of patience that Paul and James are speaking of here. Also, in 1 Peter 2.19, it tells us that if we suffer for his sake, to take it patiently. And in 2 Peter 1.6, we are to add to your faith patience. The fourth thing that we see in Colossians 1.11 teaches Christians to pray that they will be long-suffering. Long-suffering is oftentimes spoken of as patience in the English language, and sometimes in the Greek language, the two words are used interchangeably. However, in the Greek, there is a technical difference in the two words. Long-suffering in the Greek, for its basic meaning, is being long-suffering and patient with people. Long-suffering is the quality of mind and heart which enables us to cope with people when they are unpleasant and when they show malice and cruelty toward us. And long-suffering will never let us, let these things drive us from the love of mankind and their soul. Long-suffering is the disposition of character which never loses patience with others 
and helps us in our beliefs in and hopes for others. In Acts 15, verse 36 through 41, we have an example of Barnabas being more long-suffering with Mark than Paul. Verse 36 says, Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us now go back and visit with our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with him John Mark, John called Mark, but Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. As time went on, the long-suffering that Barnabas showed to Mark showed to pay off and develop a stronger character out of Mark. Years later, Paul makes a special request for Mark to come and assist him. In 2 Timothy 4, 9-11, he says, Be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica, Christians for Galatia, and Titus for Demalta. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful for me in my ministry. So that long-suffering paid off. Another thing that shows spiritual maturity and development in Mark was that he wrote the Gospel of Mark. Each and every Christian needs to pray that God will help them to be long-suffering with other people and to keep a positive hope for others. Pray for God to help us not to give up too quick on people. Our long-suffering and willingness to work with others and help them develop may strengthen them like Barnabas strengthened Mark. The fifth and last thing that we see in Colossians 1.11 teaches Christians that they should pray for joy. Joy can come for Christians regardless of of our circumstances. We can have joy in knowing that we are living right in the sight of God. In Acts 5, 40-42, it provides an example of the apostles rejoicing even after they were beaten and threatened. Verse 40 says, And they, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem, agreed with Gamaliel, and when they had called all the, for the apostles, and had them beaten, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as Christ. Did they stop talking about Jesus? No. Did they hide and go into secret places to worship? No. It says, and daily in the temple, in every house, 
they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus Christ. They went away rejoicing that they had suffered for Christ. We have another example in Acts 16, 22-25. It contains the example of Paul and Silas rejoicing through song and prayer, even while they were in prison in Philippi. 22 says, Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. I often wonder how I would do if I had been beaten and thrown into prison. Would I be rejoicing? Would I be joyful? Would I be singing? I would like to think that I would. But we never know till we're in that situation. Even though they had been beaten and thrown into prison, they were still spreading the word of God to anyone that would listen to them. This should be an example for us that when times get tough, when times get hard, we should still have our faith in Jesus and still have our faith in God that we will continue to do his will. Philippians 4.4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. The examples demonstrated by the Christians of the first century, let the Christians of every generation know that the Christian life is not grim and despondent struggle with events and with people. Instead, the Christian life is to be a radiant and joyful life. Matthew 5, 14 through 16, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify Father in heaven, shining that light of the Christian life for others to see. That's what we're to do. The Christian joy is a joy in any circumstance. It is important to understand that if the joy is not rooted in soil of suffering, it will turn out to be a shallow type of joy and will soon be gone. It is easy to be joyful when things are going well. But genuine Christian joy is something which all the shadows of life can never quench. The Christian's prayer should be, Make me, O Lord, patient and victorious over every circumstance. Make me long-suffering with every person. And give me the joy which no circumstances and no one will ever take from me. So what should we pray for? We should pray for strength. We should pray for patience. We should pray for joy. Prayer is extremely necessary and important in the Christian life. We've looked at a lot of things tonight that Christians should pray for in their daily life. However, if you're not a Christian, 
the starting place for you to obey the words of Jesus in Mark 16, 16, where he said, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. You can trust that if you sincerely believe and truly repent, as we see in Luke 13, 3, and confess that you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, Matthew 10, 32, and obey the command of baptism, as we've seen in Mark 16, 16, you will be saved from your sins. Tonight, if you've never put on the name of Jesus, I ask that you would do so now. Or maybe you've done that, and maybe you've fallen away. Maybe you've let, left your first love. If that's the case, we ask that you'd come forward and have the church pray for you and for you to confess your sins. Whatever your need, please come as we stand and sing. It is still the first day of the week, and I believe we have some with us that need to partake. Uh, we're going to sing, Jesus, Keep Me Near the Cross, number 283. We're going to sing the first verse, 283, Jesus, Keep Me Near the Cross. 
Father in heaven, as we come to take of this bread that represents that precious body that Christ shed upon the cross for us, help us to always remember that he gave his body and his blood out of love for us and to partake of, and partake of all of our sins upon his shoulders. Help us to always honor him as we partake of it. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Let's pray. Lord, as we take this cup, let us remember that it represents the blood that was shed on the cross for our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Supper, he also requests that we give back what he's prospered us. We'll lay the tray on the table and before us. Would you bow with me, please? Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for each blessing you give us each and every day. Help us to have a free and willing heart as we give back here so we may use what we gather here to spread your word and to help save those who are lost. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Is there anything else we need to discuss tonight before we close in prayer?
pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for day and many blessings. We're thankful, Heavenly Father, for this avenue of prayer that you have given us to us to lay our petitions at your feet, to be thankful for the things that you blessed us with, and and and, and just able to talk to you, Father. We're thankful for Larry and his ability to present your word tonight, and we pray, Heavenly Father, that we take that word and apply it to our week, and that we're a prayful church, Father. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you be the ones that we mentioned that are sick. Be with Miss Rose and Miss Busby. There's many others on our prayer list, Father, that weren't mentioned, but you know who they are, and we pray that you be with them. We pray, Heavenly Father, as we go out in the world this week, that we present a shining light for those around us. Help keep us strong in our everyday walk. In Christ's name, amen.